Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Second Samuel 11 and 12, the man after God's own heart falls from grace. Back when David was chosen and anointed king, God referred to him as a man after his own heart. Unfortunately, King David falls into temptation and one sin begets another sin, which begets yet another sin and then the worst sin. Still, all is not lost. Let's dig in. 2 Samuel 11, the king falls into temptation. It happened in the spring of the year, a time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Then David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Job sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the world prospered. And David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house and a gift of food from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord and did not go down to his house. So when they told David saying Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, the ark 
and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents. And my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat, drink, and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, wait here today also, and tomorrow I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now when David called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And at evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. So it was while Joab besieged the city that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew there were valiant men. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab. And so the people of the servants of David fell and Uriah the Hittite died also. Then Joab sent and told David all these things concerning the war and charged the messenger saying, when you have finished telling the matters of the war to the king, if it happens that the king's wrath rises and he says to you, why did you approach so near to the city when you fought? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall who struck Abimelech, the son of Jerubasheth? Was it not a woman who cast a piece of millstone on him from the wall so that he died in Thebes? Why did you go near the wall? Then you shall say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent by him. And the messenger said to David, surely the men prevailed against us and came out to us in the field. Then we drove them back as far as the entrance to the gate. The archers shot from the wall at your servants and some of the king's servants are dead and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then David said to the messenger, thus you shall say to Joab, do not let this thing displease you for the sword devours one as well as another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it. So encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, what was this morning time? David sent and brought her to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Here you have the perfect example of how one sin leads to another, then another and another. David should have been in the battle with his army neglecting, um, uh, he neglected his responsibility. Had he grown cowardly? He also had everything, a beautiful palace, several wives, children, wealth, power. Nonetheless, he took what wasn't his. He could have asked God for self-control, but he didn't. He went with the lust of the flesh. David also abused his position and authority. Bathsheba could have said no, but he was king. He gets her pregnant. Now he's got a problem. However, clever that he is, he sends for her husband thinking that if he sleeps with her, the baby can be passed as is. Uriah the Hittite, her husband, is a more honorable man than King David. He has better character and integrity, even drunk, 
Uriah was a better man. Consequently, David has a bigger problem and he turns to murder. I can't help but see the analogy of Adam's fall from grace. He also had it all, wonderful garden to live in, no worries, a beautiful wife, the perfect vegan diet. Nevertheless, he was tempted and he also didn't have self-control, nor did he ask for it. Jesus was also tempted. Fortunately, he turned to the word of God to give him self-control. Well, let's see what happens next. Second Samuel 12, Nathan calls David out. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David and he came to him and said to him, there were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. And the traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife. You have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house and I will take your wives before your eyes, give them to your neighbor and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house. The death of a son. And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. You notice how he's... How uh, she's being referred to as Uriah's wife. David, therefore, pleaded with God for the child. David fasted and went in, in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day, it came to pass that the child died. 
And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived the child was dead. Therefore, David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, yes, he is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself and cha changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he went to his own house. And when he requested, they sent food before him and he ate. Then his servants said to him, what is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. And he said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Solomon is born. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, now she's got a name again, and went into her and lay with her. So she bore a son and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him and he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet. So he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. Back to the battle. Now Joab fought against Rabbah of the people of Ammon and took the royal city. And Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah and I have taken the city's water supply. Now, therefore, gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it, lest I take the city and it be called after my name. So David gathered all the people together and went to Rabbah, fought against it and took it. Then he took their king's crown from his head. It weight, it weight as it, I'm sorry, its weight was a talent of gold with precious stones, and it was set on David's head. So he brought out the spoil of the city in great abundance, and he brought out the people who were in it and put them to work with saws and iron picks and iron axes and made them cross over to the brickworks. So he did to all the cities of the people of Ammon. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. So it's been a year or so after the sin. David still has not confessed nor asked for forgiveness. And we'll find out tomorrow in the Psalms that he wrote at this time, what exactly he was feeling. That's a whole other lesson. And this one was long enough, so I didn't want to add three more Psalms to, to, to this. But the Psalms are important. God sent Nathan the prophet to call David out. God is displeased. Sin displeases God. It offends our holy God. Is sin ever worth the trouble you get in with God? Well, we'll cover that tomorrow. It's interesting that David knows the law when it comes to the man in the parable. In Exodus 22, it is specified if a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Yet David uh, conveniently forgets and breaks several of the 10 commandments. Knowing the word, doesn't mean you are walking with God. By the way, if you need a refresher on the Ten Commandments, I have a link in my blog to them. Forgiveness is one thing. Consequences are another. Truth hits him upside the head. In the end, four of David's sons will die. The baby 
Amnon, Absalom, who also rebels against him, and Adonijah, fourfold. However, Solomon is born to Bathsheba. Through Solomon, we eventually have Jesus. Go figure. When babies die, they go to heaven. Another important passage here is when the baby dies, David says, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Babies who have died, stillborn, miscarried, or aborted are in heaven with Jesus. In fact, all children who die before the age of accountability are in heaven. If you've lost a child and you want to be sure that you go to a, have a heavenly reunion, you must be born again. If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture. What you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes or you can click on over to my blog, click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.